everyone and welcome back to the Cameron podcast. Today we will be discussing Fantastic Mr. Fox, the 2009 stop motion animation by Wes Anderson based on the Wild Dog book of the same name. Finley, uh, I understand you've watched the film uh, very, very first time recently. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on the, on the film? Yeah, did you just speak to me? Well, you know, I haven't seen a film like that at all, right? And... I mean, I thought it was really interesting with the different use of colours they used. Uh, definitely um, impressive with the stop motion camera, like filming they did with it. You can see how it took like, what, two years? Mm. Um, exactly two years, yeah. I mean, the voice acting, I thought was really well, uh, did, was really good. Um, and what else was there? Um, the plot of it, I thought was really cool. It, it definitely engaged me from the start. I mean, it was quick and because, you know, um, I like a movie that engages you straight away mm. and this movie did it. Cause, it's it's, it's know, a very they, short film, isn't it? I don't know. It's, it's like one hour, 20. Very short film and they like moved house and then they instantly went to, he instantly wanted to go rob the, you know, chickens or whatever they had. And I don't know, it just engaged me um, quite quickly, which I enjoyed. So yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie, yeah. Cool. And uh, Daniel, uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think, so, Bookdog is quite unique in his style of writing. And I think that definitely suits kind of the style of Wes Anderson and his kind of filming. Because you can see throughout the film kind of just a symmetry in every single image. And like the fact, like even, I mean, what Wes Anderson is especially good at is kind of just like the colour schemes and stuff. So just kind of, I guess like the oranges, the yellows, uh, the brown, stuff like that is kind of, they're all kind of representative of autumn. Yeah, it's, 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 it's quite a warm film. It just like obviously with like the side and everything. It kind yeah, of like it's... represents kind of like the fox's habitat and just like how they live. So I think that's really clever in how it kind of. I think it really accurately reflects what Roald Dahl would have wanted or whatever, like for a film adaptation of his book. I mean, I, I sort of wish all Roald Dahl adaptations were like this one. This is... I feel like this is the best adaptation he that his books have had. Yeah. Like that's like better than Willy Wonka, better than the new Witches one, whatever that one was. I think this is like. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've heard bad things about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't lie. Um, I, did, I I I did get scared about uh, with that movie. Oh, t- wait. Which one? I did get scared with that movie. I can't lie. Which one? Which movie? The Witches. Wait, the the, the new one. Well there's an older one. There's an older one. Oh, the, 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 the older one's terrifying. Yeah. But there, there have been a lot of Rodal. There have been a lot of Rodal books ad- adapted into films. So you got obviously the witches. You got um, the BFG, which I think yeah. well, that was pretty. This this the, wacky. the book itself actually has like quite a depressing sort of um, context actually because apparently when Rodal wrote this, he's he he like he's just lost his like kids of measles. And I think something else happens. I can't remember. But the reason why I wrote this book was like have like a sort of a strong father figure in in the book, which is like obviously Mr. Fox. And yeah. in, in the context of his children, that's quite a it, it brings a whole like sort there, of new meaning to the film. I think there are differences and similarities in between the book and the film, obviously. So I think in the book, it's kind of like one father and four children, 
Whereas obviously in the film, he's only got like the one named child, which is Ash. So that's, also, like, that's the, the, kind of different in that kind of portrays more of like a like a strong fatherly figure rather than just like more caring, I guess. But apparently the, the, the writers of the, um, the, 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 there was two writers of this film, Wes Anderson himself and uh, Noah Baumbach, who did a uh, directed marriage story and Francis Ha. Um, but they changed like, I think they completely changed the final act of the film because it just didn't suit what they wanted in the film. And it, it didn't really make movie content. I think it, it, in the story, the whole plot line of the Bogus Bunsen Bean thing, which has taken place in, throughout the entire film, is like one section of the book. But yeah. the, they chose, I think they found the most interesting, so they've made that the entire film. Which I'm kind of glad they did. It, it made more of a side story. So, obviously, uh, obviously you got like Noah Buchanan with um, like kind of Oscar nominated films uh, like Marriage Story. No, Noah Baumbach, not. Cannon. Oh, no, about yeah, well, marriage story. I'm sorry, I, I love marriage stories so much. We'll talk about with um, with Wes Anderson's significant filming style of everything being symmetrical and you know, what is it? Is it distinct? It's, style. Yeah, it's symmetrical. And it's like he's used to color and stuff. Anyway, can you can you see that in this film? Because I think I mean, definitely 100. Um, can. I mean, I, I don't want to include this, but um, but um, Wes Anderson's one of my uh, favorite directors, and um, his like use of symmetry, I think, is he always achieves that like to the oh, fullest yeah. in his um, animated films. So obviously, he there's two, two, two which is Fantastic mm-hmm. Fox and Isle of Dogs, and those films, I think, they don't really. They're both, the a, they're both a very similar style, kind of with motion. I, I feel like. I, I, out of the two, I do prefer Fantastic Mr. Fox. It has a bit more depth than Other Dogs, but Other Dogs is still pretty amazing. But I feel like I, th- I think his best use of colour he's ever done is in um, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Like each colour is it's, it's such a, like a crisp film to like, watch. Mm. But and and I think, think colour is um, definitely used more effectively in Fantastic Mr. Fox with like the whole autumn theme of it. Um, but I feel like it's not much of a focus as it is with these other films. They definitely. Uh, I, th- I thought my favourite scene would probably be the, you know, when he's on the like the platform and the water's going behind him or to the side of him, and he's talking oh, yeah. to Mr. Fox. is talking to Mrs. Fox. Mm. I thought that was a really cool yeah. scene. Um, just how. That actually nice nicely uh, like brings that. on to the um, stop motion yeah. aspect of the film, which I think we touched on briefly. Yeah. Um, so this but... is obviously a very. We've only covered one other animated film kind of so far, which would be. The Polar Express. So I guess kind of like comparing the two, that's got kind of like an like an ultra, ultra realistic, ultra realistic look compared yes. to. So obviously, as the animals, obviously the character in the film, I think the way they animated like all the fur. Apparently, I'm I might be completely wrong in saying this. But I think the hair on the um, puppets in the film are real fox hairs. I'm pretty sure. And so that's just that's just animal abuse. And also, and so the, shooting off a fox's tail. Do they do that in the film? Like how do they like that? Right? For 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 kids' yeah. film, it's very um has very heavy themes. I think of like death. Well, violence. It was what are those themes are in. I've, I've I, I was literally just listening to it for you, trust me. I was I, very I, confused I because I all, all throughout they're just saying instead of actually swearing, they just say cuss. 
I don't yeah. get that. Like what? Yeah. Why like even include that? Why not just like final turn tips? It just seems a bit weird. It's kind it, of like trying to be like as adult as possible while staying as a kids film. I mean, of course, I, I, I don't know how like a kid, any kid would like keep up with all the dialogue in the film. It's like there's a lot of like like sort of references and like complex words like in 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 the dialogue in the script, which I think I, I would not be able to pick up at all as a kid. So at, at the time of uh, um, its release, um, there was a lot of sort of debate and sort of criticism about whether this film was a more of a kids film or more digital to adults. And I think, do you, guys, do you guys have like a set opinion on whether you believe this is more kids or adults or whatever, or everyone? Well, I'll go first. Um, I'll say I'll say it's a very I'll say it's a very clever film because. Wes Anderson does something where he he manages to appeal to pretty much everyone, so it's it's got obviously it's a kids film like PG or whatever, but I'd definitely say it was made for adults just because of kind of the adult themes and stuff, and especially with kind of like it's not got really a happy ending. It's a bit kind of it's a bit kind of mixed at the end because like he hasn't really won. He hasn't Mr. Fox hasn't got what he wanted, which was to not live in a hole or whatever. Well, mm. I mean. But then he's kind of, it kind of teaches kids about failure, I guess, kind of. And then it's, um, so it's got pretty adult themes for a kid's film. And definitely, um, I'd say with its contest that year, it was definitely kind of less recognised because of that. Because obviously it was competing with stuff like Monsters vs. Aliens and Up, which also came out in 2009. So, you know. Stay up point now. Um, I, I'm just going to go for simple So I thought it was more of a kid's movie. I don't know, it's hard to explain how I thought it was a kid's movie. It's just that um, the way that Mr. Fox and Mrs. Fox and all that kind of stuff, they spoke it, it was more, the, 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 the whole plot was so simple because I think that kids are going to watch it and they need to understand the plot. Um, Whereas if you like watch like movies like Fight Club or stuff or Shutter Island, they have big twists and kids watching that, they would completely have, they'll be confused basically. So I and think the, plot. Um, the whole plot of um, Fantastic Mr. Fox is definitely for the kids because although although they don't win or they're, you know, at the end, um, you know, I think, I think it's a lot easier to understand. Yeah. No, um, I, I agree. Just just to build on um, Daniel's point that he made um, earlier, the the plot of the film, well, the ending specifically, is not a happy one. Because the, ho- the whole of the film, Mr. Fox is trying to convince himself that he is not an animal. He's like a function member of society. And that he, so he wants to prove this by living above the ground, above everyone else. Like all his friends and his family and stuff like that, but and like you, you see these sort of like sort of animal traits breaking through, it, with his sort of um, mannerisms and you know how he like eats at the start of the, the breakfast scene. Um, so reality, the the ending is should be very expected, but it's still quite a sort of sad one because he's basically back to where he started, but only now he can steal from the supermarket above him, and that's the only benefit he has. Um, but yes, yeah, so I feel like 
I don't think kids would really be able to grapple with the fact of like, I don't know, they, they, they would like be able to comprehend the sort of existentialism the film holds. Mm. But I mean, Daniel, you, you, your answer that you said to my question was like quite in the middle, but like if you had to choose between like the kids and adults, which was the better demographic? Which, uh, I would say it was, it was ultimately made for adults. The film was just, just with its kind of mature themes and just I'd agree, like, yeah. Even even kind of the directing style, because there's nothing like... Obviously, it's the first Anderson, Wes Anderson animated film, but it just has a very unique style, even like... Because, I mean, I've got to say, like, Mr. Fox's mind is just creepy at some point. It, it is. Just, it, it, like, yeah. And you got, like, like the hypnotic animal that is around. It's just, it's just a bit, like, uncomfortable. So mm. uh, I'd definitely say, like, all those kind of adults, it's definitely aimed towards adults. But, but well, I mean... Like, well, with other stop motion films, like, I'm going to say stop motion, but like, Coraline, which is another stop motion animated film, which is technically a horror film as well. I remember yeah. when we were scared of it when I was younger. That has some creepy yeah. scenes in it, but it's still geared towards kids. So, yeah. what, 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 apart from the, like, the themes and the sort of weird mannerisms each of the animals have, what, what, what other elements would you say still are geared towards adults? I think Coraline also came out in 2009. Same time as Mr. Fox. Oh, you could say um, how the adults, uh, you know, when they keep saying cuss words and stuff, adults can interpret what they actually mean. And what I, 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 would, I would have definitely said the dialogue is a very heavy part of why this is more good towards adults. I, I, yeah. I, I think it's like earlier in the podcast. There's a lot of complex sort of words they use and lines of dialogue that are really like descriptive that it's just would not be able to pick up on if you were. And it's like a really smart child, which I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't. But. Yeah, there, there's still that one key scene near the end where it's just the wolf on the on the snowy area, and when they will drive mm. by him, and then that that like that's that's got so many interpretations that it's still not got a clear answer even to this day. So that's I wondered what your guys' opinions on that was. No, Owen yeah, no. So first. yeah, no. Wes Anderson actually said that scene. I think was basically, ex- like, didn't explain it, but, like, was the most important scene in the film. And basically explained the entire sort of reason why they made the film. And that very much fits in with what I was saying earlier about how Mr. Fox wants to prove to everyone that he's not just a filthy animal who lives yeah. on the ground. But, like, ultimately he is. That's why he has this sort of unspoken connection to this wolf who's obviously quite a savage wolf. And I think that's basically, I think that's and what the fans are trying to say. And he also, like, lives over, uh, like, not underground, so he wants mm. to be like him. I, I, think, I, I mean, most ma- ma- many foxes want to be like wolves or stuff like that. I mean, like, they're just the worst version of a, a wolf. Or they, are very, or, they are really quite similar animals, yeah. 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 I think most of the film kind of carries this kind of animalistic or kind of like wild that's just like, Mr. Mr. Fox is never kind of fully satisfied because he he wants to live kind of a civilized life but he's always got this kind of thing in the back of his mind which is like he should be a wild animal he should like live in holes and stuff so i think that's pretty interesting it's sort of like sort of lying to yourself i think that's one of the biggest sort of messages yeah Um, he's pretty pretty selfish character overall to be fair mr fox which is pretty different yeah it takes a little while to consider what like how other people would feel i think that's why partly it's also um towards kids get towards kids it's all teaching them to think about other people's feelings in such situations like he, he does think about mrs fox's sort of 
opinions or like whatever about when he starts seeing again from uh, all the and he doesn't think about how his own child would feel if he starts praising like um his cousin for the same thing he did sort of thing i feel like that's yeah. also like a way to sort of teach kids morals or stuff like that what do you think your like the hidden messages are behind this movie i think you've already mentioned them actually yeah no so i think it, it is just sort of um come to terms with your own identity and you know it like you can't change yourself like personality wise or whatever you, like you're, you're stuck with you and it's just about how you adapt to that i think i think that's why we're yeah i think even though it's a bit of like mr flox lies for himself it's always about kind of being true to yourself in the end that's it so you've it. got kind of like especially like mr fox's side or whatever which obviously was chain book but he's kind of He's kind of like trying to hit his talent or whatever all throughout the film and then when he kind of saves his cousin or whatever then that's kind of the big reveal moment so i think it's it's definitely like because obviously you have to have some sort of like kids moral in in it to class it as a kids film really there's not many films that don't have a moral in the end so i think that's the one of the messages that the film conveys mm. it's also um, that can teach adults Sort of like you know, I think that's why it works so well. Was the, the themes and sort of models of the film apply to both adults and kids? It's not; it's a universal message. I think it was formed really well. Um, so yeah, because of that universal theme, it makes sense that Noah. I know I said this earlier, but Noah Baumbach wrote this, considering you know he wrote Marriage Story and all those other films about family and identity. I think that's quite a. It, it's, a it's a really cool way to use me like the medium of animation and sort of cater towards kids to bring out like a sort of stronger message so the the way they um recorded the voices for the for these for, for these voices uh, so um was they, they did it in quite like, a sort of immersive way i think um so for example george clooney obviously mr fox and for the scene when they are escaping the sort of raid or sort of rebellion thing yeah like against. one of the final scenes one of the final scenes with um when they're on the uh what's it called that bike is it's like a motorbike kind of thing with a sidecar yeah, it's just a, yeah like yeah like bike with bike sidecar um to film that part um george clooney they they recorded george clooney's lines while he was on like a steel quad bike but it's like yeah. the engine revving like mm. you, you saw like where santa was on the back of the bike with like doing the lines off one of the other voice actors yeah and I, I wanted to know if you guys thought that was a um effect in the film did you really think it was necessary but I, I i personally didn't like couldn't really tell that it was like that i i did i thought it was a bit unnecessary honestly because i feel like it would be the exact same regardless of whether they did, they did like went to those lengths or not so what do you guys think um I don't know, like, you see many other, uh, you know, voice actors and they normally are just doing it in a studio and then you get the, they just add sound effects. So the realism of actually being outside on a quad bike sort of gives the element of, you know, it's sort of, it gives a better element than just edited in, than sounding like he's on a quad bike or not a quad bike, but a motorbike. Um, I feel like everything that you do real, will come out much better. 
like uh, Dan will know, but Christopher Nolan, he does things mainly <laughs> without CGI. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it comes out, you know, much better and you know, much more real when you're watching the film. So I feel like when you was, when you're doing this and they're actually doing the things that are happening in the film, it makes it a lot more real and seem like you know it's not just a cartoon with you know a fox. Uh- I think it does make a, I think it does make a difference kind of overall just because of the like realistic approach of it because even with just like because you still got the vibrations from the bike that are affecting like, their, their voices but I think definitely because Wes Anderson's kind of I think he's probably similar in Nolan to trying to do everything as realistic as possible just so it turns out well mm. and I think I think definitely it does add that sort of just a, just attention to detail in the film so even like as, as mentioned earlier with like the fox real fox hair for the puppets then that was I think it's just like that level of detail that he goes to just to make these films with small details that people won't even notice so I think that's just really really clever and just um, like, Great I, will, I, will go, I will get back to that point you just mentioned. But I feel like I mean, thinking about it now, I might have been completely wrong with the whole real fox hair things. But I know for a fact the all the human hair in the film is real human hair. Yeah, uh, they, they, they they got from I think one of the animation studios they used. I think I think there might have been some real moral issues if they chose to do real fox hairs on puppets. Yeah, but... I still think he's got that attention to detail though with that. Just the whole you know, style of um, filmmaking. You know when the humans in the uh, in the film, yeah, mm. did All they the did they shape did they shape their faces just like the actors, or is it completely? These I don't know honestly. I, I, the only clips I've seen are of Mel Street did her lines in the studio, but I've seen George Clooney do his lines like talking on like a yard and like I think Wes Anderson's house and stuff like that. So I don't know um, if, like, I, I don't know. I don't really think, I, I, I get the whole doing it realistically will have a more realistic effect. But I just think the fact that Mel Street did her lines in the studio, I connect to like a, like a difference between the, the quality of those two like people. I feel like yeah. I, I, it, it, it's a cool sort of idea, but I feel like it, it just really wasn't that noticeable that it makes any sort of impact. I think, you know, the main If you go deeper into it, the, the main human, uh, I think he's called Bunce or whatever, was voiced by yeah. Michael Gambon, who yeah. has played Dumbledore. So I think, um, based on what I know, what he looks like from Dumbledore, I think they might have been partly based on the actors, but probably Wait, not. Because it was, it was more. Uh, Michael uh, the Gambon. Bunce. Bunce. The what? But it was more. My, Michael Gambon played Dumbledore, but he also played Bunce in Fantastic Mr. Fox. Which one but was I think Bunce? it's. The the main one, the main like, oh, clever. Oh, it's Bunce. Bean. No, he, he, uh, the, he he's the one who had the cider, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's Bean. It's Bean's one. The Bean's the main one, and the Bean, Bean's Bean. played by yeah. yeah. But then obviously they're 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 mainly based off that nursery rhyme that Owen just sung, and um, oh, August Bunce. Yeah, and then the 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 book as well. It would be more the descriptions from the book. So uh, I think that about wraps up today's uh, episode. Um, I hope you all enjoyed. Before we go, can I get some final ratings from all of you out of 10? Let's start with Daniel. Ah, uh, solid. Solid nine. It's not... 
it's not a 10 out of 10 for me. It's not just one of my favourite films ever, but because I don't have that kind of connection to it from... I, well, genuinely, I've seen it before. I don't have that sort of connection to it, but it's just such a clever, clever film and the way it kind of appeals to adults as well. Definitely, mm. yeah. Uh, Finley, uh, what about you? Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5, just like um, Fight Club. Like Daniel said, it's a very clever film and interesting. It just... I don't know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely not a 10 for me, but I'm more, yeah, but I give it an 8.5. And I would rate it, I think I would have to say a 9.5 out of 10. It's so close to being a 10, it's just, it's, it's yeah, I, 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 I just can't see it. It's not a perfect film, but I feel like a 9, it's 9.5. You, you saw it originally, didn't you, in 2009, so... I think I did. I, I, I remember seeing like briefly. But I don't remember seeing the entirety of it. I'm being honest. I remember getting the uh, McDonald's uh, figure of the rat. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I played with it for ages, and I never knew what it was from. And then, and then I watched the movie. Oh, and I was the, like, oh wait, no the way. rat. The rat was such a good character. And then he that died. was a pretty good character. Oh. Wait, wait, oh, the rat died. Spoilers. Spoilers. The rat died. Anyway. All right. Uh, All right. Thanks for um, watching. Yeah. And bye. Uh, yeah, leave suggestions Bye-bye. in the comments for films. Leave suggestions, Bye. yes, for new film. We need ideas. All right. Subscribe. Thank That's you. Right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.